This is Jason W. Brooks from Las Vegas, New Mexico, and I would never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Episode 525 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly, Brittany Page. So you had some severe technical difficulties this uh, morning. All day. I wish I, was, I wish I was smarter about that kind of crap. Well, how did you get it figured out? How did you... Well, first of all, I had a video that would not render. It would not export. Mm-hmm. And so it failed like eight or ten times in a row. Mm-hmm. And I saw that there's this little like uh, exclamation point, like a traffic sign, like a triangle. Yellow. Like an alert. Yeah. And so I, I clicked it and then it's, it gives me this long log in a notepad file. Anyway. In, fu- like code? Well, no, I mean, kind of, but not code. You could read what the words are, but it didn't make much sense to me. And then I scrolled all the way down and realized each one is a different moment that was something went wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I found the ones that I was looking at, and it was going wrong in the same spot. And then I went down the, to look on the video. This is really going crazy now. But anyway, I figured out what was wrong, and I fixed it. And finally, mm-hmm. after hours of fucking problems tech problems that I'm not intellectually equipped to handle, mm-hmm. I got to figure it out. Yeah. So. Well, in addition to that, we had um, to take Popeye to the vet. Sick Dirk. And he has probably like six staples in his head right now. Um, his eyelid is stapled open. It's like a fucking clockwork orange over here. Yeah. With, with the dog's eye. Yeah. He's kind of a Franken dog right now. <laughs> And he he can close his eye though, um, not all the way. When he's sleeping, it's kind of it's kind of still open, but he can he can blink and he can kind of close it. But you know, we were concerned that he was in his right eye. He already lost his sight. He had dry eye. That that eye is donezo. Um, but then his left eye started to go as well and so we were concerned what's going on here we don't know because it happened very rapidly yeah it wasn't like a gentle decline right it was all of a sudden no good right and we couldn't tell if it was dry eye happening in this eye as well we we didn't know what was going on so we we took him to a vet who works with bulldogs primarily bulldogs and we found out that he has an ulcer on his eye and that happens when you scratch it or something happens to it well, you damage scr- it in some way he has a fucked up cornea too yeah so he scratched it there's an ulcer on the cornea whatever and um so they did something to it they had to sedate him and um <laughs> yeah you want to you want to tell everybody what they said when we came to pick him up yeah they said they usually i believe only have to give like a third of the dose to really sedate a dog 
in order to do whatever they need to do. Did not work. And for Popeye, <laughs> it did not work. It did not work. They, full dose full and dose. still fighting. Yeah, that's what they said. He was still fighting even after the full dose. It took. It said it took everybody. Yeah. To like hold him down to. I mean, look, he's getting staples in his fucking head. It's yeah. not exactly. Yeah. I don't blame the poor guy. Well, we also heard that when we tried to get him groomed one time and the people came back looking like they had been in war and <laughs> they basically said, listen, we tried to trim the nails, yeah. but we didn't get all of them because he's going to kill us. Well, not only did they not do all the like one whole foot was just yeah, like the world the Guinness World Record with the fingernails all curly. Yeah, yeah. And then all the others were kind of trimmed, but not really trimmed. Yeah. They just did it at the vet, and it's not, he doesn't even have toenails. Well, and we don't want to make it sound like he's aggressive, because he's not at all. It's just that he is stubborn, and well, he, does, also, he doesn't like being messed with. Well, that, well, that's it. It's not that he's aggressive. He's not like you walk into the house, and he fucking freaks out and bites you. Mm-hmm. But if you start fucking with his feet, he might bite your hand off. Mm-hmm. It's don't fuck with me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you know, I don't think that's aggressive. I think that's protective. That's mm-hmm. you start fucking, you know, you start messing with me in certain ways. I might bite your hand off. Mm-hmm. I don't blame the dog. Yeah. So he is sleeping comfortably. We do. Uh, we went out and got a the Elizabethan collar, the the conehead collar for mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. So we can't rip the staples out of. He's his not head. in it yet, but I think he's gonna have to sleep in it. Yeah. Fucking Popeye. Mm-hmm. It's an adventure. Who knew? Yeah. That getting a, a mascot for the show would be such an adventure. Yes. Uh, always an adventure. I I do want to talk about um, something else, though, because I came across this very interesting article about um, 10 findings that contradict medical wisdom. Hmm. And uh, the subtitle here says researchers identified nearly 400 common medical practices and theories that were contradicted by rigorous studies. Here are some of the most notable findings. And some of these are pretty interesting. These are the top 10. But just to give like some background of this quote of more than 3000 studies published from 2003 through 2017 in JAMA or JAMA uh, being the journal of the American Medical Association. Don't know which is the proper pronunciation, (laughs) but that's fine. Um, More than one in 10 of those 3000 studies, uh, more than one in 10 amounted to a medical reversal. Hmm. Well, that seems kind of how it works. Like, I don't know about medical reversal, but like this week, coffee's bad. Last week, it was good. Next week, it'll be bad again. You know, Mm -hmm. milk, bad, good, bad, good. Glass of wine, fucking kill you next week. Ah, it's great for you. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's what they're talking about, but it does seem that they're, you know, aspirin, super good. Aspirin, oh, fuck, it's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. It's hard to to follow along. Yeah. Well, the first one is peanut allergies occur whether or not a child is exposed to peanuts before age three. Hmm. So they say here, pediatricians have counseled parents to keep babies away from peanuts for the first three years of life. As it turns out, children exposed to peanuts before they were even one year old have no greater risk of peanut allergies. Hmm. That's not the one that I found the most interesting, though. You'd think on the peanut thing Mm -hmm. that being exposed would build your antibodies or whatever, like get you you're ready for the peanuts. Mm hmm. And there's that was the that was the 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 opposite of what they thought. Yes. They thought, oh, keep your kids away from the peanuts. Mm-hmm. You'll save them from a peanut allergy. Yes. Huh. Yeah. 
All right. So what's the one that really hit you? A lifelike doll carried around by teenage girls will not deter pregnancies. (laughs) Read it one more time. A lifelike doll carried around by teenage girls will not deter pregnancy. Oh, like... uh... Like in high school, mm-hmm. when you you do that, where you you like have a, a you have your mate or your partner, and then you have a baby together, and you're supposed to like take care of it with one another. Listen, I don't know what kind of school you went to. That's but what we did. Yeah, you did not have a mate or a partner that you took care of it with. Oh, no, you that, took it home. That's why I did he- air quotes. Because you're supposed to like be working with this other person. It was like a group project. You didn't do that, huh? There, no, there was no group. It was no group. Huh. Um, you took home a baby, and you had to care for it all weekend. See, you had a super advanced one though that was actually a lifelike baby. We we did like a like a fucking egg or something with a face drawn on it, and I, I've heard of people like five pound sacks of flour. You explain yeah, the baby you had. You had well, I was low tech, man. Yeah. You, you the internet existed when you did this. Mm-hmm. So explain the high tech bullshit you did. Well, I mean, it would just cry, and then you'd have to pick it up, and it had a sensor in it or whatever that kept track of whether or not you responded <laughs> to the crying. Yeah. And so sometimes you would need to burp it, and sometimes you would need to change the diaper. And are, are you going to tell the story? About- you, you you gotta tell the story. Well, so I had I had to it's do this. Hashtag raised by wolves. It was a requirement that I do this for my class. I could not get out of it. But the thing was that I had a job, and so I got it on a Friday after school, and I had to be at work at four on Friday until midnight. Yeah. On Friday, and so I was gonna be at work all night. Little Miss Brittany Page worked at a at a fun center where there's the. There's the batten cages and the go-karts and the mini golf. Yes. And so I didn't really have time to take care of the baby. Couldn't bring it to work. You know, like a real situation, yeah, right? This right. is kind of how, this is what they're supposed to illustrate, right? That right. You have to figure out how to work around your life with this thing yeah. that you have to take care of. So you entrusted the worst person on the planet to take care of your baby. So I asked my mom <laughs> if she could take care of the baby for me while I worked because I figured, you know, she's had four kids and she can handle a baby that's fake that just cries occasionally that needs like a 10 second burping for it to stop. You know, I mean, she only fucked up the real kids so bad. How is she? How badly can she fuck up a fake one? So anyway, (laughs) I am at work. I get off work around midnight, like I said, and I go to my locker and I check my phone And I have like 40 missed calls from my mom. Yeah. So I'm thinking, (laughs) who died? Was the house burglarized? Everyone's dead. What's going on? Something bad happened. I get home. My mom has wrapped the lifelike doll in blankets and put it on like, uh, you know, really high up in the garage on the shelves up in the top in the garage. And it's just crying in there. And my mom is enraged <laughs> that I left her with this doll that will not stop crying, that she could not get to stop crying. Yeah. And I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm going to fail this project now. Right, right. I had to work. I thought that you could, like, <laughs> shake it around a couple of times. Yeah, right. What the hell? 
Anyway, I got an A. So yeah, because apparently the, there's no sensor in there. The, the sensor didn't fucking register. Yeah, there's no sensor in there. It didn't register the the wild abject child abuse that took place. <laughs> yeah, when it was mummified and stuffed in a shelf well, on that's, top. That's in what a you garage. do when they cry. That's what you do with babies. Um, but so the idea is that. They take these dolls home. Almost like a fear tactic. Yeah. And then you realize, wow, this takes a lot of work and I don't really want to do this or I want to wait a long time before I do this. Right. That was the 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 wisdom, the 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 idea of right. some of these studies. Right. Yeah. But at least one randomized study found that girls who were told to carry around these lifelike dolls were actually slightly more likely to become pregnant than girls who did not get the dolls. Of course. Which, of course... It was easy. I just wrapped it in a fucking blanket and put it up on a shelf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the dolls have improved in the last decade, and they're even more high-tech now and more difficult to take care of. I don't know. Yeah. It's um, like a fucking a bad Black Mirror episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, I thought, that was, I thought that was an interesting one. And yeah, like you said, I mean you focused a lot on kind of health research and health research really is all over the place. And some of these are uh, related to health research, like fish oil and heart disease and things like that. Um, I saw another study today about like sugars and fruit juice, increasing your risk of cancer. Every time I see one of those headlines, I just think, yeah, you know, join the list. Okay. It's like everything, everything is going to increase your risk of cancer. We're all going to die. Just do what you're gonna do, man. I mean, not live, live a no, live a healthy life. Okay, have moderation. <laughs> yeah, I you know, mean, if you're eating a gallon of apricots a fucking day, it's probably not gonna end up being a good deal for you. Have a couple, have a good time. That yeah. Have a glass of wine, maybe two glasses of wine. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> six glasses of whiskey. Okay. Twelve glasses of gin. All you right. know, it's. It's all good, just moderation. I'm <laughs> no. not saying 50 glasses of gin a night. Yeah. Just six or 12. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I'm glad that you went from do what you want, live your life, to do things in moderation. Because no, I think that is the better tip. No, yeah. I, when I say do what you're going to do, I just mean don't follow every little whim or, or fad that comes along. Like, yeah. remember... It was Atkins, and Mm. then it was this diet, and then Mm. now it's keto, and then it was... Like, there's always something going on that's the next greatest fucking thing, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. It just... Stay level. Stay easy. Don't don't go crazy with the the ebb and the flow and the, the valleys and the peaks and the... Just fucking steady Eddie, brother. Yeah, and also take the headlines with a grain of salt because yeah avoid that shit yeah i mean and science is self-correcting we want to give um science the space to self-correct and to um to do that natural process yeah but isn't it isn't it true wouldn't you say that these these studies that come out they don't proclaim one way or the other they just say this is what we found in this particular study they also list the limitations of their study it's not this is the definitive truth about the medical benefits or 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 lack thereof of chocolate. Well, that's not what they say. It is almost always the case that the reporting in media is not an ac- accurate representation right. of what is actually found in the studies because yes, the studies should if they are written well, 
go in depth into the limitations of the study and what the study does not reference, what it does not speak to, how it cannot be generalized, all of those things. Um, and that's not fun to read about because yeah. we want certainty. <laughs> we want an easy answer. We want a simple explanation of how we can be safe, how we can be healthy. Yeah, it's also not sensationalized like we're programmed Mm-hmm. to enjoy through media and the news. Right. But unfortunately, all of these things are not simple. They're not no. straightforward. It's not an easy answer. I mean, kind of, because moderation, that's an thats an easy thing yeah. to talk about, right? 10 glasses of bourbon a night, not 50. Okay, I don't think it is easy to come down on what moderation is then, if that's... <laughs> If that's what it's clearly not moderation mm. six not ten mm. six that's not you're not a doctor i'm not saying six 32 ounce mugs of bourbon i'm saying six 10 ounce glasses you know only 60 ounces of bourbon a day that's all mm-hmm. all things in moderation. All right. You'll be rewarded for that moderation later in life. 30 cigars per week. I don't even like cigars. <laughs> it's just not not good. I don't even know how we got here. Now I'm just, I don't know how to stop doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Well, just relax. <laughs> just relax. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. It is an amazing time to be alive mm-hmm. when there are now 525 episodes of mm-hmm. this show mm-hmm. plus bonus content yes and we've got really wonderful responses to the bonus episode with genealogist barbara french yes so or as one of the callers that we're getting ready to play put it that genealogy lady oh <laughs> barb barb come on She's the genealogy lady. <laughs> I'm not sure she's bad, fine with that. It's like Bill Nye. Yeah. He's not offended when you call him the science guy. She's the genealogy lady. There we go. Good times. Speaking of listener communication, I think we should get to some. And let's start with uh, with a little talk about the United States and our flag and our anthem and how we should respect it or or not. Hey, Jesse, Brittany, and Popeye. Guys, uh, just real quick, going over your last episode regarding the treatment of the American flag and whether veterans or active duty members or reserve, basically the military uh, agrees or does not agree on whether a person should be able to desecrate our flag. As a veteran myself, I find that too many people have brought the American flag up as, a, as an idol. It's, an, it's a symbol, and uh, too many people are ignorant of the official flag code of the shoulds and the shalls uh, regarding it. You know, you see American flag bikinis and flip-flops and all this crazy shit that people love to put the American flag on, just, you know, just doing that. And personally, myself, that's a little bit... Uh, much and a little bit disrespectful, but hey, whatever, you know, every member of the military, former and present, took an oath to defend the Constitution, you know, against enemies foreign and domestic, and we protect those rights for people to say shitty things, do shitty things that we personally don't agree with. 
subjectively, I don't agree about desecrating the American flag. I, too, wanted to punch the Westboro Baptist Church member who had a flag tied around her ankle or those people that stomp on it. That's my personal opinion. But objectively, they are protected as a right of free speech. So we have to acknowledge that and accept it for what it is. Because, uh, you know, you said one president is going to affect generations of presidents uh, regarding that. Also, with reparations, I think the issue is it's a long time late that we do need to have a discussion regarding that, an honest discussion about that. You know, maybe a big fact check uh, isn't viable, but we can certainly discuss it, and we can certainly find a way to actually uh, help, you know, uh, African Americans and whatnot. And, Jesse, you are right. Uh, too many times Americans, those that have, that, you know, say America is the greatest place on earth, and the trippy, uh, you know, there are people that are different with uh, a degree of intolerance and stupidity that amazes even me. Anyways, all my three minutes are up. Uh, again, uh, well, all of you are the best part. And I, I, I love listening to you, and you really uh, help me in having my Oh! Right in the middle of all the praise. Just started getting to the good stuff. Oh, no. Started to get to the stuff that mattered, talking about how much he loves us. Oh. <laughs> what a bummer. Let me uh, let me say this to the caller. One, thank you for, for your service. Thank you for your perspective. Mm-hmm. Thanks for taking the time to call in. Mm-hmm. Um, do, doing... It doesn't necessarily bother me to see people in bikinis with the American flag or head, you know, bandanas with the American flag or even fucking socks, Dean Kane, with, with the American flag on them. Socks seem like the big problem for you. No, no, no. no. If just, I have to, if I'm reading anything about the no, tone. No, no. It seems I'm, like the socks. I'm getting ready to explain why. Okay. It's the hypocrisy of it. It's mm. when you act like... I love the flag, and I love the anthem, and oh, it's wonderful, and nothing has ever gone wrong in our country, and you need to respect it, and you need to fucking bow to it. Eh, That's a problem, because if you do revere the flag as though you say you do, then you should want to follow all the rules surrounding how to handle the flag, how to treat the flag, how not to put the flag on something disposable, or a piece of clothing, or to have it bunched up, it needs to be unfurled. Th- those items, that's what bothers me. It's when you act like Tommy Laren does, or Dean Kane, or Donald Trump, and then you just go around disrespecting the fucking flag. Yeah. If you're just a random, nah, do your thing. I, I've got a shirt with a little American flag on it that says fuck Donald on it. Nah, I don't wear it around, but I have it. So For videos. That. And, you know, the other thing is, is all these, like, Blue Lives Matter ding-dongs. Who, you know, the Blue Lives Matter flag. Mm-hmm. They have an American flag. Mm-hmm. With the blue line. That's black and gray and blue. With the, It's got a blue line. It, it's an American flag that's, like, monochrome. Mm-hmm. With a blue line in, in the middle. One blue line. Mm-hmm. That is against flag code. All of these fucking patriots. Yeah are violating U.S. code, flag code, 
when they do that. That's the shit that bothers me. Well, and I think that uh, the caller was making um, an important point there toward the end, which is a lot of these people, they care more about an inanimate object, the flag, yeah. than actual human beings who are suffering, oh, who yeah. are experiencing injustice, oppression. And that's kind of the strange thing for me is to spend so much time talking about the flag yeah, and the treatment of the flag, but not the treatment of like actual people who are suffering, you know? Well, the, these same people that talk about the Pledge of Allegiance, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice for all, unless you came over the southern border and are seeking asylum. Mm -hmm. Not for all of them, for all of us. Mm -hmm. Fuck you, you hypocrites. Ultimately, I guess that's where I come down on it, mm -hmm. is fuck you, you hypocrites. But I, I, I agree with the caller. There's a tinge in me when I... When someone is, you know, when I see someone burning the flag or stepping on the flag, it's kind of like, ah, wish you weren't doing that. Mm -hmm. But it is their constitutional right. Mm -hmm. I I agree. Yeah. I'm not going to push them off or get off that. Yeah, that's not my deal. Mm -hmm. But nah, there's a little part of me that I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I get it. And it is legitimate political speech. Therefore, eh, do your thing. Mm -hmm. I would never do that. Yeah. I I don't really feel anything when I see it. Yeah. So. I don't um, think that's bad. Yeah. I, I For you not to feel anything. But I also think it's just different experiences, right? I think the military also informs your view, likely. Yeah, and the military sure yeah. informs the caller's view, I'm assuming. Yeah. I was never in the military. Not a Marine over here. You were not. You were not. I'm, no, I just wanted to. Uh, wow. I wanted to repeat that. It seemed really aggressive. You most certainly yeah. were not. I think I could have been. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't you the love that? No, I no, think no. I could have done it. No, no, no. It. You probably could have, but it's just the easiest fucking thing yeah. to say in the world. Listen, I barely made it through like a week long kid cop camp. All right. So I knew a guy one time who told me, "Oh yeah, I was a marine. Oh, were you? Yeah, I would. Oh well, I got. I didn't make it through boot camp." Oh, <laughs> no, you did not. You, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he did not. Did he know yes. that you were a Marine? And yes. He said, yes. No, he did not. Yeah. Yeah. I said, oh, okay. I mean, I didn't say, no, you oh, weren't a fucker. Oh, my God. I just said, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, tough, tough times. It's it's tough out there. Very weird, right? So, <laughs> I mean, that doesn't count, right? No, he wasn't a fucking Marine. No. Because it... So what happens? Would it have been like an official ceremony once you pass? I mean, you yeah, just, when you when you graduate, you don't pass. Just it's like not like a fucking exam. Enlisting doesn't make it so. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He got, when you when you get booted out for. I, listen, I think it's rare to get booted out for a medical reason in boot camp. We're really far afield here, but I know guys that got like administratively discharged out of boot camp because of whatever and it's because they couldn't hack it and they got the fuck out of there mm -hmm. you're not a marine brother mm -hmm. you're not 
Yikes. Yeah. It's pretty. So anyway, it was kind of a, it was one of those deals where I just, yeah, good, good times. Well, since the, the caller really got cut off in the middle of some praise, I wanted to go ahead and read an email of praise that we received because the email did not get cut off. Um, and it's nice to hear praise. It's nice I, to hear compliments. I enjoy it. You know, it's really reinvigorating, actually, because this is hard work, what we do over here. And I actually saw a tweet thread from ContraPoints, you know, that famous YouTuber. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about the in-depth process. Um, it was like a 36-long t- tweet tweet thread. Her, her I, I don't follow her on Twitter, but... It seems her tweet threads are as involved and creative and awesome as her videos, which I've watched a couple. I don't follow her on Twitter either, but the tweet thread came up in my feed and it was all about how people are always telling her, why aren't you uploading more? Yeah. And that's a dick move to say that because her videos are fucking rad. And so she basically went into, all right, I keep getting this question. Here's the reason why. Yeah. And and went into in depth (laughs) behind the process that it takes. But even if you aren't doing like extravagant sets and costumes and things like that, it's still work. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you run into technical difficulties like you had today. And that can really set you back a significant amount of time. Even the dumb shit I do. Is a time suck and an energy suck. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And then, um, you know, I mean, we, we have a lot going on over here. Yeah. Right? So. <laughs> I mean, the show, there's a lot of pre-production. Yeah. Just recording the show is the easiest fucking part of the show. So it's nice when we receive positive feedback. So we want to share this email um, so that we can kind of bask in, in the glow. Yeah. Um, Dear Jesse, Brittany, and Popeye. I'm writing this missive after a long, arduous day repairing people's cable and associated services in which swamp ass seems to be a daily occurrence. (laughs) All I wanted to say is that no matter how difficult my job becomes or how stressed I am in my personal life, I know if I just listen to your podcast or watch Jesse on YouTube, it reminds me to smile and remember that there are like-minded people that exist. Growing up poor in a conservative state in which church and football are the two main religious activities would have been challenging enough, except that I was born with a triple threat to a good Southern white Christian conservative. Being a minority, Filipino, gay, though closeted, and always questioning authority seems to be the aforementioned worst nightmare. That being said, I think if I had access to podcast such as yours, I wouldn't have felt alone in high school or self-medicated too much or contemplated, parenthetically attempted, suicide. It took me a long time to not feel overwhelmingly abnormal and ashamed, which I still battle on a daily basis. However, it's listening to you guys that helps me work through that. I listen and watch every single podcast and video, which is prioritized above my audiobooks, and I love to read. It's hearing the true warmth and friendship couched in witty repartee that makes me envious of what you guys have because whether you realize it or not your love for each other does show through as does your empathy and passion regarding issues my apologies for rambling but i felt i needed to write this to you guys because i cannot thank you enough for enriching my life and making me think on the broader picture as well as give me hope for a better nation and people I am honored to be able to support you guys monetarily and sharing your podcast to people that might benefit from pushing the conversation forward. 
In closing, that even though we may never meet, laugh, or cry together, just know that I love you both and wish you the best of luck in whatever you pursue. As always, Popeye and Brittany are the best, and Jesse, even though you're a crayon eater... I do not know this reference. Uh. <laughs> this former army doc believes you're just a teddy bear with a loud voice and a good heart. Sincerely yours, Mark from Tennessee. P.S. You do not have to share this if you don't want to. And Jesse, I'm not telling you how to run your show either by mentioning this. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. I feel like I'm being fucking told what to do now. <laughs> this is no good. What is the crayon eater? <laughs> I don't know. I like a dumb kid in elementary school who eats the fucking crayons. I don't know. Okay. All right. I'll, I own it. I'll fucking take that. Okay. It's fine with me. All right. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. We, yeah. we really appreciate it. That's that's awesome. And um, I, I think it's a large reason that we started this, right? That we like to have these conversations we started thinking, hey, we're always talking about this stuff. Why don't we start recording it? Yeah. And seeing if people want to join us in our conversations so we're not just talking to each other about this stuff all the time. Well, that was exactly it, is is we both grew up on radio, like many people. Yeah. And that's the thing that podcasts doesn't incorporate. Yeah. I don't know of any podcasts that that incorporate so thoroughly mm-hmm. voicemails and communication from the audience. Yeah. I, I don't know of anybody. And it was something we really, really wanted to do. We talked about that goddamn phone number, 657-464-7609, for months before somebody actually took us up on the offer and and called it. Yeah. And then it was off to the races. Mm-hmm. But uh, listen, uh, obviously we love praise. Who doesn't love praise? But uh, this is meaningful. It's heartfelt. It's true. And it means the world to us. Uh, we we love hearing from our audience, and uh, especially love hearing that we're we're making a difference in somebody's life, even if it's just um, a ray of sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this: be you, wherever you are in life. Be you. Don't kowtow to your Tennessee fucking bullshit or texas or georgia or mississippi or idaho be you be comfortable you're good enough you're smart enough whatever the fucking all of that you know what i mean it's uh, it bothers me that these societal pressures put so much strain on people relative to their 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 self-esteem that they contemplate suicide and self-harm you're good enough the way you are you need to know that i also want to say that through all the praise that uh, mark gave us that i also want to praise him because and, and not just him but anyone who has written in and shared their personal story their personal struggle that helps other people Mm-hmm. Right. And it can be scary to write in or call in. And I know it has been. People have done it anonymously because it is scary, right? To reveal personal details of your life or things that you've overcome. Vulnerable. I still struggle with sharing certain things publicly, right? Um, I think it's a constant battle, um, especially since once it's out there, it's out there. You can't take it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the scariest part. Um, but sharing our stories helps other people. And, 
Um, like I said, for everything that Mark said about us, I, I think it's true of anyone, including Mark, that has written into the show, called into the show, and revealed personal details of their struggle because it it really signals to other people that you can get through it, that people have been there, right? And that we're in this together and that we can overcome and, and all of those important things that people need to hear to keep going. So thank you for writing in. Thank you for sharing um, a little bit about your story. And that was awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Um, we got a couple of calls on the topic of reparations, which we've been talking about. We finally, finally got to. And uh, some listeners want to sound off. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Brittany. This is Thomas from Kansas calling you from the beautiful country of Germany. Um, I just spent the 4th of July weekend, four days with me and a friend of mine in beautiful Berlin. Um, I took pictures and, and, and I saw spots, bought things. It was pretty, it was a fantastic thing. But I did get a chance to go to the wall and also got a chance to go to the German, the, the, the display where it's a, it's a monument to the dead Jews of, that, that died in Europe. And it reminded me of this reparation conversation. I've met a lot of German people here and a lot of them really, really disliked being that Hitler and Nazi Germany is the face of Germany. And they, they can't stand the fact that this is ha- actually the way people remember or think about Germany. But one of the things that they do not argue with is paying money to the Israeli government for the descendants of, of the, the massacre of these six million Jews. And that shows the biggest difference between what Germany is, is, is paying for and why we will never have, I believe we will never have reparations in America. I'm a black man and I'm telling you, I don't think it'll ever happen because Germany acknowledges their wrong. They accept their hand in that wrong, and they are willing to monetarily take care of it. America, we don't want to do that. It has to be, we're exceptionalism, and we have to talk about the greatest country on the earth and and all of these great things, but we do not want to acknowledge the fact that America has a bloody history of how we got to where we are. And one of the bloodiest parts of it, in addition to what happened to the indigenous people, is the fact that they enslaved Africans to build the wealth that created this country. But nobody wants to talk about that. It's, it's, it's left out of certain textbooks or it's trained, changed into some, oh, they were immigrants. Americans do not want to deal with the history of what makes this country so great. It's the reason that we'll, that we'll, we can have the conversation about reparations, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, but it will always come down to this. Americans have selective amnesia. We want to hear about how great we were in World War II. We want to hear about how great we were uh, uh, fighting off uh, um, Nazi Germany and how we took out uh, uh, the Japanese during Pearl that and, and avenged Pearl Harbor. We don't want to talk about the fact that we enslaved people to build the wealth that created the, the, the system that we swear is the greatest country on earth because it makes us feel bad. One of the things that I've noticed is that Germany does not do that. Americans will... we. <laughs> the dreaded three minutes. We need like a sound effect to play at the end of uh, the three-minute cutoff. Do you know... <laughs> do, 
you know if it um, makes a noise on their end, like when the three minutes is up, or is it one of those things where the call just kind of ends and then they're like left talking? Yeah, I don't know. Well, like some cell phones might like boop, 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 like oh, give okay. you some. I think it has to do with your phone and your connection. Okay. I don't think Google says anything. They just yeah. fucking, nope, you're done. Well, I just feel bad imagining the listeners like continuing to talk to yeah, themselves. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Thomas, I, I, there's some great points there. I, I think this this kind of ties back to the the flag talk, too. That these people, they can't hear anything bad about America. They can't to 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 even address the fact that our founding fathers, who were revered, were immoral, slave-owning motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? What? You can't say that about George Washington? About Thomas Jefferson? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Thomas Jefferson was a fucking slave raper. He was a rapist slave owner. Fact. Fucking fact. There's no way around it. It doesn't mean that his intellectual contributions should be never talked about. But know who he was. The fact that when we wrote our Constitution, the concept of of equality that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal we're endowed by our creator all of this nonsense come on get the fuck out of here we got to be honest about what, what what we've got going on in this country well and i think it needs to start um at a younger age and I, I'm not saying that you walk in the class and like have you come as the guest speaker and announce that um I don't know why not. Yeah. The slave <laughs> rape. I mean, you know. I, I think that there's a, a a better way to start teaching this though, because I think some of the work happens where people have to they get to a certain age and they have to do some unlearning and relearning. Yes. And then by that point, things are a little too ingrained. And change is scary, and admitting maybe you don't have the full picture is scary, admitting that maybe you were wrong about some of the things that you thought or were taught, that's a little scary. And so I think if we start off on the right foot, right, if we can actually give people a more realistic picture of history from the beginning, yeah, then we won't have to do as much unlearning, relearning once people get to a certain age. Well, it's also, it's not hating your country to acknowledge certain facts certain historical truths this is not it's not hatred of your country it's not hating the flag to acknowledge this and that it's not hatred of the national anthem in the country to kneel in order to make people pay attention to a certain issue Mm -hmm. it's just not it's not Mm -hmm. I, i got this tweet this week i retweeted this tweet by at winter underscore T underscore S. Whites get to honor what this country is. Blacks can mostly just honor what this country is supposed to be. Celebrate when we see steps toward this and protest when we see steps in the opposite direction. I think that's profound that whites are in a position to appreciate the country as We've been taught and we we remember it. Oh, yeah, it's great. America, equality for everybody. Because we're experiencing great treatment. Where if you're in a position where you're not being treated well and your family hasn't been treated well and their, their descendants and their ancestors weren't 
treated well, then they have to love the country and see it through the lens of what it should be and, and the, like an aspirational view of it. That's, I think that's profound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the call, Thomas. We appreciate it very much. M- moving on real quick. Another one. Hola, persons. John from Pennsylvania here. Throwing my two cents on the reparations. Hadn't got around to it yet. Uh, interesting point that the uh, genealogy lady makes there that <laughs> black people technically did not exist as people before 1865. That I did not know. That kind of throws a wrench into things. Um, a point that the YouTuber I follow makes that he uh, kind of stole an idea from someone else, but... As far as uh, big numbers go, as far as reparations go, cutting a check, either a hundred, I think a number got thrown out with a hundred billion or a hundred million, not sure which. Um, But uh, if you break that down per black person, according to the last census, it works out to about 2,700 per person, which is kind of insulting for 400 years of you know, racism and slavery and everything else that has been visited upon people of the darker-skinned variety in our country. Um, so that's not going to work. It's pretty freaking insulting. Uh, but what our government can do is throw around money. We do that very well because money technically doesn't exist for our government. If they need money, they just print more. So... How about just setting up a thing where black communities can get low-interest loans, you know, like the banks do, and they can invest in their communities. Uncle Sam can be that rich uncle that can help you start a business or go to college or buy a car or have a food truck or better yourself, and uh, you can pay the loan back, and you can get that generational wealth that they missed out on that white people basically sort of kind of have even if you're on the low end of the scale um it's an idea the thought like he says anyway uh something the indians do with trusts the native americans do with trusts but uh it's just thought anyway toodles bye so uh, I think there there is some merit there. There's some good ideas that are being thrown around about it. Um, there is kind of an, an intrinsic, not every African-American in the country, but there is an intrinsic distrust of banks because of historical mistreatment uh, that has gone on in this country, where banks, like, for instance, wouldn't loan money to blacks to buy homes. That's prejudice. That's mistreatment. That's oppression. Um, so... Uh, that is why HR 40 is so fucking important to come around on what are we going to do? What exactly is the best, best method? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even the mention of a specific number, right? Um, I've I've seen as high as almost a hundred trillion dollars. Yeah. And I I think it's important to remember that the, this, these numbers that you've been seeing are not in that bill. That's right. Right. Because that bill is just trying to study and develop possible proposals. Establish a commission to study the issue. Right. So any of the numbers that you have been seeing, they aren't coming from the bill. They aren't coming from any kind of official uh, government source that is trying to proposition. Any avenue at all that would be uh, one that would 
actually be putting together uh, a viable reparations uh, arrangement. Mm -hmm. And again, when you hear this, white people get fucking freaked out. What are you going to cut them a check? If that's what it is, that's what it is. But that's not necessarily what we're talking about. So... Again, we appreciate all of the feedback. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for calling. If you'd like to sound off, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. You can always email voice memos from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. The other way that you can sound off about how much you love the show is rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. If you're a Stitcher listener, I have no idea how many people listen on Stitcher, but There, I think, is a mechanism also to rate and review the show. There might be one on Spotify. I fucking don't know. But Apple Podcasts is the most easy way to do it. And it does help the show. If you love the show and you want us to grow, that's the best way to do it. Other than, you know, telling a friend to. Remember, no profanity. No profanity. They are not a fan of that. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. We have two new Patreon supporters. Yes. Genevieve. Genevieve. Thank you so much, Genevieve. So awesome. What a beautiful contribution. Also, Barrett. 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 Is Barrett brand new? Barrett is brand like, new. Like since we just started recording the show. Yes. Because when we started, mm-hmm. it was only Genevieve. Yes. And now we can add Barrett to the list. Genevieve and Barrett. I am excited. Yes. Fan-fucking-tastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you all for all of your support, your loyal listenership. There are other ways to support the show. That is buying shit on Amazon. Go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. Isn't it Prime Day coming up? We just got something that I ordered. Uh-huh. The little plug-in with the shelf on it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know why I'm explaining what I bought, but, uh, and it came in a Prime Day envelope. Yeah, I think Prime Day, oh, Prime Day is the 15th and the 16th. A of, two-day parade of epic deals. Of July? Yeah. Oh, coming on up, everybody. Good times. July 15th and 16th. That's right. So if you want to do the wrong thing and, and really hurt warehouse workers, uh, and you want to buy something on Prime Day, I do not recommend that you do that. But if you're going to do it, they're going to have some good deals. And if you're the kind of person that doesn't mind um, terrible right. working conditions, all right, then uh, you know, dollamore.com slash Amazon is the way to do it. <sighs> I'm a great advertiser, Brittany. I don't know what the problem is. I think I do a really good job. At least we really inform you guys, right? <laughs> you know what's funny about you you being a dick right now and shaming everyone is today yeah. you were talking about how, see, this is why everyone shops on Amazon. You were just yeah. having... Yeah, okay. We went in. We went in. We are no longer advertising the show right now. This is not the, the middle <laughs> mid-roll where we advertise shit. We we went into a to a pet store. Uh-huh. Not gonna name businesses or shame them. Yeah. And we were looking for an Elizabethan collar. Yeah. An E collar. Mm-hmm. A the cone collar. Mm-hmm. And uh they didn't have it. 
Oh, we'll come back tomorrow and this time and right around this time and the thing and the deal. And we drive away. First of all, there's two people in the whole palatial store. It's a giant store. Mm-hmm. There's two motherfuckers working in there. You can't find them. We drove away. I was aggravated. I said, this is why I don't want to hear when brick and mortar stores whine about going out of business because they don't hire enough people and they don't have what you need. The Internet has what you need. Anyway, like I said, not an advertisement, but I was bothered by it. It could be an advertisement for patients, though. Wow. And how people need more of it. What people? Just... Just everyone could use a little bit more patience. Some people. Haven't you heard that song about patience? She's not a Christian! <laughs> that lady needs more patience. I do not need more patience. All right. That's prick shit, bro. That's prick shit. I think that that's what people were saying after they heard you tell your story. Wow. Probably. No, I doubt it. All right. All right. It's the asshole of today. Republican State Representative Robert Foster. So technically, this could be a dollamocracy slash asshole of today. Absolutely. He is Robert Foster, a first-time lawmaker who is a candidate for the Republican nomination for governor of Mississippi. Of Of course, of fucking course. It's Mississippi. Well, I did a little pause there because I was hoping that um, very quickly you would kind of fill in your first guess. So uh, if you thought it was Mississippi, good job. You're right. right. So here's the deal with this guy. Here's a clip of Robert Foster. Donald Trump, baby. <laughs> it's, it's not that far off. Just wait for the interview. Go um, ahead. Mi- mi- Mississippi Today reporter. Okay. Mississippi Today. Uh, Larissen... Larison Campbell? I think so. She requested to ride along with Robert Foster as a part of a series that she's doing on the race to fill the open seat for governor. And he said no, unless she would bring along a male colleague. Like a chaperone. Yes, because he is following the Billy Graham rule, right? And the last time the Billy Graham rule was in the news was because of Vice President Mike Pence. Mike Pence, who has an agreement with Mother, his wife. Yes, that that you should never be alone with a woman who is not your wife. Yeah. Which is kind of complicated when you rise to positions of power, right? Because other women are in positions of power, and there may be meetings that you need to have alone right. with the women oh. who are in positions of power. Unless, of course, your assumption is that there are not women in positions of power. Or maybe that there right. shouldn't be women yeah. in positions of power. Mm-hmm. So Robert Foster and Larison Campbell. I wish I wasn't screwing up her I name. I think her name's Larison. I'm such a dick. What's wrong um, with Larison? It sounds right. There's nothing wrong with that. I just feel like it's wrong. I don't know. Um, Larison Campbell. Both of them went on CNN, which I just thought this was stunning. Yeah, and no shit. And th- there was an interview that they both did with Jonathan Berman on CNN. And it was just fascinating. So we broke it up into like two chunks here. 
And we're we're going to play the first clip here. It's about four minutes long. We're doing that thing where we like to give you a lot of context. And it's going to open with basically Robert Frost, Robert Foster. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the poet Robert Frost. Yeah. Um, explaining his side of things. One caveat, Representative, which was that she couldn't do it alone. She needed a male along with her. If a man, a male reporter, had asked for a ride along, would you have granted him a solo interview? I would have, and uh, appreciate y'all having me on this morning. Um, I think uh, it's it's important for everybody, you know, to understand the the dynamics here. I've I've done several interviews with Miss Campbell over the last few years, and I have no problem doing interviews with any reporter. Uh, but this was a different request. It was to be a ride along, as she stated. And it was going to be a 15 to 16 hour day. And I have a very small campaign staff at this point in my campaign. I'm, uh, you know, the underdog candidate running with the grassroots campaign and we don't have a big staff. And there's a lot of times where my campaign director and I have to go separate ways, even during the middle of the day to try to, you know, cover different things from stop to stop. And I didn't want to end up in a situation where me and Ms. Campbell were, the, were alone for, in a period of time throughout that 15 to 16 hour day and so out of precaution uh i wanted to have uh her bring someone with her uh, my male colleague and it's it's the other thing that i think is important to point out is that this is my truck and in my truck we go by my rules okay. and <laughs> uh, that's, that's that's my rule wow. you said oh my god is it you didn't trust Larison or you didn't trust yourself? I'm confused here. Ooh. Uh, I trust myself completely, but I don't trust the I don't trust uh, my perception dick. <laughs> that the world puts on people when they see things and oh. they don't ask the questions. They don't look to find out the truth. Perception is reality in this world. And I don't want to give anybody the uh, opinion that I'm doing something that I should not be doing. Larison? Yeah, so I've got a couple of things to say here. First of all, like you said, it's your truck. It's your rules. Why is it my responsibility to make you feel comfortable about something that, um, you know, that is that, again, as your campaign director said on the phone with me, is this weird request that you have? Why was I the one? Why is the onus on me to bring someone along? Because y'all wanted to do the interview. I didn't ask y'all to come with me to do but, the interview. So it's my it's, rules, my truck. I mean, but it's, again, your rule. Again, no other candidates have ever had a rule like this. And... I mean, okay, let's go back to the appearance of impropriety thing. Why does it appear improper for a man to be with a woman? I mean, why wouldn't like a gay affair be construed if you were with a man? Unless at the end of the day, what you're saying here is a woman is a sexual object first and a reporter second. People, when they see a woman with a man, are going to automatically assume that she's there for, you know, with an improper relationship because, again, they see a woman as a woman as a sexual object first and as someone who's doing my job second? Well, first of all, uh, I'm a married man and I made a vow to my wife. And part of the agreement that we've also made throughout our marriage is that we would not be alone with someone of the opposite sex uh, throughout our marriage. And that is a vow that I have with would my you... wife that I put, I put that and my faith and my, and my religion. That is the reason why we have that vow above anyone else's feelings, including yours, and I apologize to you for that, that it may hurt your feelings, but I would much rather uphold my vow to my wife over anyone else. Can I, can I flip the script for a second? Um, so let's say um, one of the people running for attorney general right now is a two-term treasurer. It's a woman, Lynn Fitch. 
Lynn Fitch has, I've never heard of her making this request of any of my male colleagues. If a woman did this, if a female candidate did this, people would say she's making men bring people along with her. Like she can't, if she doesn't feel comfortable doing this, she can't do her job. How can you do your job? How can you like tell Mississippians that you will be a good governor if you can't, you know, be alone in a room with a woman? I mean, look at like um, our current Governor Bryant's staff. You know, one of his top attorneys, one of his top policy directors, those are all women. How are you going to do that if you can't be alone with a woman? Uh, it's very simple. You always can have the uh, door open and have people right in the room next door. Uh, but this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a 15 to 16 hour vehicle ride in my truck. That's what we're talking about. You know how <laughs> when... Um, you know, like a guy brings his boys with him to the strip club and it really keeps him in check. Yeah. You know, because he has some witnesses there. There's never been impropriety where two men gathered together, Brittany Page. Well, I mean, as another, I could just, I have endless examples for this, but also, you, do. you know, like these, um, these parties that Epstein would throw, yeah. right? Um, I mean, he had men there with him, too. Nothing, something, there's no way something happened if he had someone there with him. He had other men there to yeah, ensure no that way. nothing went down. Men yeah. hold each other accountable. Right. They're definitely witnesses. <laughs> witnesses I, to nothing happening. Can I also say this? He says, I would rather uphold, excuse me, <clears throat> I would rather uphold my vow to my wife than to anyone else. How is having a woman reporter mm -hmm. reporting on your campaign, riding along with you on a ride along, which is very common? Yeah. When I've gone on bus tours with mm -hmm. congressional campaigns and senatorial campaigns, mm -hmm. and like Joe Johns from CNN rode along with us for mm -hmm. the entire bus tour. Yeah. That, that's what they do. Mm -hmm. How is that not upholding your vow to your wife? How is having a woman do her job? Are you ir just ir irrevocably sexy, Robert Foster? That you just, your dick is a magnet, a, a ch just a woman magnet. Yeah. Women cannot control themselves. Mm -hmm. It's the one penis in the entire world that is ir irresistible. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. How is How is having a woman in your truck who's doing her job breaking the vow to your wife well and i thought it was a good point that she said you know listen why isn't a male reporter being alone with you something that's concerning you um that you'd be accused of having a gay affair which is really something that he should think about For given sure. all of the republicans that get in trouble uh <laughs> in hotel rooms yeah, right right um or, or in bathroom stalls bathrooms, right. wherever it might be um that's not a concern for him right so what is what is that what does that say Ugh. What does that say? Um, but also, really, and she keeps coming back to this point, which I think is important. The assumption here being, and the assumption here is, that they just, they don't need to deal with women. Yeah, that's right. Right? That they shouldn't have to deal with women. Um, and it's disturbing, right? By not allowing yourself to be alone with women, you're putting her in a position to where she doesn't have access she can't do her job, and um, a man is able to do that job. That's right. So she gets passed over. Yeah. Right? That's bullshit. It's, it, this is 
making America great again. This is 1950s America. This is sexism, misogyny on display for a guy who wants to be the governor of Mississippi. So they continue and Jonathan Berman starts taking it down this path that I was kind of referencing earlier where I said, what, what do you think that means? Um, where he says, what do you think would happen then if you were alone with a woman? Like, what are you so afraid of? What do you think would happen if you were alone in a room with Larison? She seems to me to be a, a professional reporter who asks questions. What do you think happens? Uh, nothing, and that's what I just stated. You can have the door <laughs> open and have people in the room next door, and so that there's nothing there. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about riding in my truck for a 15 to 16 hour day. What happens in your truck that's different than a room with an open door? It's just the perception, and that's a rule that I've always had and I've always followed. It's a very professional rule that many other people, including Billy Graham and Governor Mike Pence, have followed, and many other leaders throughout our nation. Did people uh, have any have reason? To, did people have any reason to think anything of you and who rides in your truck? Why would they ever think that that a professional? I'm not going to give. I'm not going to give them the opportunity to, and that's the whole point. Larison, uh, the idea of equal access. How does this play? Do you think that male reporters Absolutely. in Mississippi are treated the same way? I mean, no. And, I, and I've actually, and you know, I, I want to kind of take a step back here and say, obviously, this is a Mississippi situation. This happened in Mississippi. It's a Mississippi political story. But it's also, I think, it's a bigger story than Mississippi. I've heard from a lot of women in the last 24 hours, like around the country who, you know, whether it's next door in Alabama or it's across the country in like Colorado oh. or LA, who are like, this is happening. Politics is a men's club. And you know, if you're a woman, you're seen kind of as an outsider. Again, when you go back to this idea of perception is everything, women are perceived to not belong there because you are people are a large group of people are used to seeing men in those spaces. Um, Representative, so, I just um, I just got a note from someone who spent a week with Larison at a conference on health journalism and said that she is a professional and ethical journalist. I don't understand from you, as a public elected official, the message you're sending to young girls who want to be journalists. That they well, can't, the they, they can, hang on, that they can't do the same job that young men can do who want to be journalists? Oh, absolutely, they can do the same job. We're talking about a specific 15 to 16 hour ride along in my truck. With the, I had one caveat that she did not want to follow that rule and that's okay and I understand her position but I have my position and I don't have to uh, break my rule in my vehicle for anyone and I think it's also important to point out the fact that because of the Me Too movement now men are under attack all of the time uh. sometimes those accusations come out to be true but there are many times they have been proven to be false and I'm not going to allow myself to be put in a situation or someone and I'm not saying Ms. Campbell would ever do this but I'm not going to ever mm -hmm. be put in a situation with any female to where they could make an accusation against me, and there's not a witness there to uh, to refute that accusation. Larison, I want to give you the last word here. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, look, there are a couple of things here. I think we've got to go back to this idea. We, we can't talk about this without talking about perception being everything. And if you're saying that it, the look of impropriety is out there, it's because you're saying that women don't belong in these spaces, <laughs> that it's unusual to see women in these spaces, that women are sexual objects. And also, if it is your rule in your truck, then you provide the person. 
All right. That, that can that can be that could definitely be arranged in the future. Uh, but again, I wanted to point out that I'm running a very small. So I've only got one staff member with me, and, and he's not always even with me. I'm sometimes alone on this campaign, and so uh, it's it's you know a different stage of this campaign. If we make the runoff or make into the mm-hmm. general election, I will have a whole lot different operation. I don't have seven million dollars like one of my opponents in special interest funding. So it's just a different, whole different dynamic. Larissa, you need to keep pushing for this Fine, interview. But it's sexism. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'll let you have the last word. What did you just say? I, I was just to say, look, we got to call this what it is. When a woman isn't given access to the same things that a man would be given access to, it's sexism. And, and, and Representative, just yes or no, you don't deny you would give a man this access, yes? I would, and I stand my ground. And I stand my ground. So I think it's important to also um, highlight one of the points that was made because let's say let's say the power deferential was reversed and women were the primary yeah, people right. in power and women were telling men, listen, I'm going to have to protect myself here yeah. and I don't want to put myself in a position where I'm vulnerable to being raped. So I'm going to need you to find yourself a female colleague that can really vouch for your character and actually come along and babysit you because mm, I just don't feel comfortable putting myself in a position where I'm vulnerable to being raped. You think you can do that? Men would lose their fucking minds. <laughs> you think that would go over well? Of course not. Right. So that's what's frustrating about this situation is you have men who are still the primary holders of the power in politics, excluding women in this way. That's what this is. And then openly saying, well, would you preclude a man from riding alone with you? Oh, no. No, I sure wouldn't. Right. (laughs) What? God damn. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. And the fact that he just refuses to see the clear problem with it. Mm-hmm. It's fucking weird. Yeah. And it's, I, listen, I make fun because this is Mississippi, but this isn't just a Mississippi thing. No, and Mike Pence. Mike fucking Pence did this in Indiana. Right. And Billy Graham. And he's vice president, Mike Pence. Right. right? And this is still his rule. Yeah. Okay. Also, what a tremendous burden to have to act like this, right? To have to always be thinking, oh my gosh, I need to move along. I can't be alone. Women are so diabolical, they're going to try to fuck me over. Yeah, it's it's a weird way to go through life. Yeah. It is a weird way to go Treating through life. your fellow Americans who should have all the same rights and privileges, whether woman, whether man, whether black, whether white, come on. I mean, you either you either you either really believe in those ideals or you don't. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Robert Foster does not. Yeah, we are going to leave you there. We'd love to know what you think about this and all the stories we talked about today or any other day. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Again, six five seven four six four seven six zero nine. You can also email. A voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. We'd love to have you support the show. Go to teamdollamore.com. There you can find Patreon. It'll redirect you there. Find a tier that you like, some rewards. We send out some stickers. You get to have a Patreon call with us, a real live chat. It's not like a live stream where you type in questions. Just us sitting around having a drink, having a conversation. 
We'd love to see you. We'd love to have you join the Patreon family. Thank you for joining us for this and every episode. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. It's like a fucking clockwork orange over here. Yeah. With, with the dog's eye. Yeah, he's kind of a Franken dog right now. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>